0: Let's talk about sex. So Corey, you know I like to take life lessons, love lessons, whatever from from baseball and sports and my other world as a performance coach right And uh, this week and this month our oldest son who plays in college is heading towards there. You know they they won the conference championship. They're nationally ranked for the first time since the seventies. Very cool. Uh, I mean they're just kicking butt, and it's so it's everything that's magical about baseball, all wrapped up in the postseason. And the reason it makes me think about marriage is because every oh October or November, it seems like he calls he calls me and says, "I hate it here." We all hate it here. We hate the coach. <laughs> and and I'm changing programs. So if I go out of state, I can still play, you know. And I'll say, Jordan, you said this last fall, and you won the state championship. He says, I know, but Coach Korn is acting like a four-year-old. He's just, it's all about him. And it, its it's making us crazy. I'm just going to transfer. And <laughs> I think, wow, that sounds like times when we look at our mate and think you're so selfish this is all about you i'm changing i'm out of i'm here.
1: out <laughs> just get away from me
0: that's right and we if we did we'd miss out on the on the magic yeah that's you know? that's like
1: the cyclical nature of humans isn't it i think so the ebb and flow
0: <laughs> yep
1: well this is so. sexy marriage radio not sports talk radio today that's going to be a little <laughs> ways down the dial This is Dr. Corey Allen with Gina Paris, where we're talking about human nature and love and life and marriage and sex and all that happens. And we're hoping that based on some of the things we discuss and offer, that your marriage will sizzle with passion and pleasure and purpose.
0: Absolutely. You can
1: find us at sexymarriageradio.com, where every show is housed. They're also on iTunes and Stitcher and... Probably a bunch of other places, too, I haven't even heard of that have just migrated to. But we'd love to hear from you, too. So send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or call our feedback line at 615 six.
0: Yeah, we love it when you guys write to us and say you stumbled on our radio show and uh, we're searching for help or some kind of solution and or you're not sure how we found us and and that you're <laughs> listening to every episode. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> it is. And, yeah. and one of the things that keeps coming up that there's kind of a theme in some of the emails that we get, and there's also just a theme in life, I think, that it's kind of like what you mentioned with, with Jordan, that we have this ebb and flow where we have times that are really good, and then we have these times in the valley. Right. And, and that's just human nature. I think that's the cyclical pattern of, of our biology.
0: Yeah, it's not just marriage. Right. It is your business. It's your with your kids. With right. yeah, were so. you just
1: were you just kind of off? I mean, I know several weeks ago I had like a three day span where I was just annoyed,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I have no idea why. I have no idea what. Even to this day, I still don't know what it was that caused it. Just had to be one of those down times where you're just kind of off. And I mean, the littlest things would I would just fly off the handle at, and and finally Pam would be like what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I I don't know, baby. (laughs) I'm trying to figure this out. And so.
0: But she didn't buy into your energy. She didn't just.
1: No. I mean, there's times, sure, where you feed off each other and you find yourself kind of snapping at each other pretty easily. But yeah, we've also uh, been through enough of the ebb and flow, I think, together, because this month will be 19 years for us. So. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. we're very, very pleased that we've made it this far <laughs> looking back at some of those years um but it's one of those that we've we've figured out okay when i'm in a bad mood she knows kind of how to either give me my space or just come straight at me and just say dude you got to get your act together you know or, or whatever and then, yeah. and then vice versa but one of the things that keeps tripping up people because this is some of the stuff i still struggle with too and you may as well Is this this whole concept of the expectations that i carry into this relationship. You know, yes. there's actually a book out there that from a conference i heard a couple of weeks back on things i wish i would have known before marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, now that i've been married a long time, what are some of the things i wish i would have known? And mm-hmm. and it kind of breaks down several several things, but that that's really all boils down to expectations, doesn't it?
0: Um yeah, and I think that we don't realize their expectations, so that's why they're <laughs> more frustrating. Sure, I think they're just going to happen.
1: Well, yeah, and they're they're kind of they're not expectations. Maybe they're ca- categorized as dreams or mm-hmm. plans, or mm-hmm. you know, because we have all these different ideas of how we want life to unfold, sure. relationship and otherwise, right. and. And those are the things that continually trip us up when it doesn't meet our expectation.
0: Yeah. So how how do you deal with the sometimes they can be mild, you know, oh, that's frustrating. Or to very, very painful and it can trigger cyclical arguments. Most most arguments or, or conflicts tend to be recurring anyway. They're sure. not gonna be they're not going to be solved.
1: Yeah, you can probably switch roles and still carry each other's you know, side of the argument pretty well.
0: Yeah. So how do we deal with those? How do we deal with the disappointment that comes from unfulfilled expectations? Is it possible?
1: Well, I think there's. it's possible. I don't know if it's possible to do away with it completely because expectations are part of a human nature. You know, right. a, a desire, a dream, a propelling us forward. You know, we don't typically go forward without some sort of a goal in mind you know it's not just hey i'm just going to go walking down the street this way and see what happens that that's not what we do with our life you know as as children we talk about what we want to be when we grow up and and what do we want to do when we grow up and how we're going to live and i mean all these different things and all those are shaped by our family of origin Mm -hmm. you know and then either you want to mirror what you grew up in if you had something that was really pretty good or you want to go the exact opposite but that's still your family of origin shaping <laughs> you so it's i mean the way i think of it is expectations are really just planned disappointments and so i need to keep that perspective in mind that when i go into something i've been looking forward to because that's typically where this applies right. i mean when you say gina that
0: Sure. Weekend away. Yeah. As, it's Some
1: of those uh, things that we kind of plan and and, sure. and and get ready for and kind of get some excitement thinking of, oh, yes. wow, I can go and do that. And we can get together and finally just not wear clothes for 48 hours and <laughs> we can just, you know, or whatever it is that you're looking forward to. But when when you set up the bar really, really high, there's no possible way you're going to meet it. So it's a plan disappointment. So. What I have found that works for me, at least, and that's all I can really share at this point, is if, if I just kind of keep in mind, what am I wanting? You know, what is my desire? What's the core root of what I'm looking for in this whatever it is? If it's a date with my wife, let's say that, for example. What's, what's the core that I'm looking for? And it, it could be I'm just looking for a chance to get, be alone with her. You know, just mm-hmm. she and I, without the interruption of the kids, without the interruption of other things, you know, just what can I do just to be with her? If if I use that to drive me, it's less likely I will be disappointed as opposed to I want to make sure this happens and I want to make sure we get the right restaurant and I want to make sure that... I mean, that's where expectations kind of go crazy, where it becomes all planned.
0: Hmm. So, but sometimes our mate becomes irritable or, you know, and we don't understand. Sure. So... You know, I had somebody write, I'm kind of answering this next week on the blog, you know, but back to those love languages. And somebody says, I'm, I'm so glad you talked so much about the five love languages, you know, in, in the sexy summit. And she said it was really eye-opening for me because I didn't realize that I'm this words of affirmation person. And my husband is really a works of service person. And so we've had discussion and... You and I can both probably predict the outcome. Being Yeah. N- no change.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we talked so, about it. We understand where each other's coming from, but
0: Yeah, so now it's just more annoying because <laughs> now I
1: have this
0: expectation that you know how to make me happy and you choose not right. to do it. Right. So now
1: it's intentional.
0: <laughs> exactly. You're intentionally
1: withholding from me. <laughs> That, and that's true i mean and i think that's probably so that's what gets to where it gets to such a magnitude because we interpret it that way we may not can vocalize it that way that we're taking it as a personal offense mm-hmm. but the fact that they don't do whatever it is that i've mentioned several times right there's a deeper part of me going well now it's personal now it's an yeah, intentional now, thing
0: now it's just f you
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly cuz that's exactly what you're saying to me by not doing what I'm saying or yeah. asking.
0: So that can be baffling. Sure. And then it makes you mad at all the testimonials on the, on the book.
1: Well, no, they, because then hey, you have to...
0: Hey, all these other mates changed. Well,
1: nah, but see, that's, that's too simplistic. <laughs> because they, in, in reality, they didn't change. Exactly. What they probably did was it enforced some stuff that was already okay. So it made it a little easier to be better, mm-hmm. but if if there's major issues or there are even just regular issues going on, it if to me it boils down to are you are you putting too much on another another person?
0: Exactly. Are you
1: expecting too much from another person? Are you are you making it to where your vows say they will complete you? Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I have some work I need to do myself. You know, that, right. that, one of the things I love is the whole idea of for better and for worse. Because <laughs> the unspoken thing on that phrase is that there will be as little worse as possible. That, that I will take care of my worse, so therefore there will be as little as possible. But in reality, it can be flipped and said, you said for better or for worse, so this is me, you got to take it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's so it's 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 kind of to me again. It just is how do you view what's going on? What's the purpose of why you're in the relationship?
0: Yeah, I mean, what's the well, overall goal? It and it just helps when you say, "What did I really want?" You know, when we're looking at our expectations, what is it that I really want? And you might say, "Well, I want to just hang out together and do this and do that." go ahead and ask it again. What, what's the best thing about that? Well, the best thing about that is that we get to connect. Well, what's the best thing about that? Well, it strengthens our relationship and I feel loved. Or, you know, find out ultimately... And that's, what, we, and
1: that's the key right there.
0: Exactly.
1: I want to feel loved. That's what exactly. I'm really seeking.
0: Uh-huh. And, and so that's where if you're going to be it, so angry. If
1: you're seeking from that state, is that a state of fullness or a state of emptiness?
0: It's well. It's it's <laughs> emptiness, which is going to be exacerbated and make you angry at your mate for not supplying what you is an inside job,
1: right? And also think of it as if you are coming out a mate, out of a state of emptiness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your mate can pick up on that, and it usually comes across as de- desperate needy. and leechy and mm-hmm. needy, and that's the kind of stuff that. T- Me, I will do everything impossible to get away from that type of situation, because it just it it just makes me my my skin crawls.
0: Exactly.
1: I mean, Pam will still every so often just to kind of jab at me. She'll, I need you, and she says it in such a this little bit of a whiny tone, and it's like, (laughs) oh, get away from me, woman, (laughs) you know. And and I don't know what it is about it, but that's that's what you're really portraying. That's what. That's the energy you're giving off. And so,
0: what about these books like His Needs, Her Needs that lay these things out there with the idea that, all right, that you need to understand, because I kind of have a problem with this kind of stuff. But, it, you know, that these are his needs. You must fulfill them to be a good wife.
1: Okay. So, that's your problem with it?
0: That I don't know if what bugs me is when other people create these generalizations, or or that we are, I guess, the expectation to be a good mate, you will fulfill these needs.
1: Okay. Well, to me, the the trouble I have with them is the undercurrent of fusion that's taught throughout it. And I think that's kind of just society, too, that there's an undercurrent of fusion that because the beginning of fusion feels good you know the beginning of the relationship the beginning of getting together and longing for each other and being together all the time and and not knowing where one ends and the other begins and just constantly longing for each other it, it feels good at the very beginning
0: yeah it's a little bit euphoric
1: but it's debilitating as it goes on because it doesn't allow two people to still be two people and so I, that's the that's the issue I have with some of these kind of needs based kinds kinds of things. I don't have a problem with the with the generalizations of it. You know, the love and respect, which is the new newer, it's been mm-hmm. around for like six years or something, but right. it's it's taken off lately. And that's kind of the same concept as his needs, her needs. It's it's categorizing it by gender and by design. I do that too with the masculine, feminine. That's sure. that's that's part of the way we are, who we are as people. And not everybody fits into every stereotype, but there is some truths in in the differences. But I still think my goal as a human being created in this earth is to be as complete as possible by myself and then get the joys and the benefits that relationships offer because I don't need as much from them, but I want from them.
0: You know, I think anytime we come into a relationship, whether it's business, um, uh, you know, your team, your marriage, when you're coming, say, being excited about what you bring to the table, it's going to be 10 times more alive than coming at it from what you hope to get from the other person.
1: Right. And that's that's I wrote this on Simple Marriage a couple weeks ago that it's on the, the you complete me principle from from jerry mcguire mm-hmm. and so it's the idea you know in the movie and the big huge scene and all that crap that the the statement is if you try to create intimacy with someone else before you go through the task of becoming more whole yourself then all your relationships will be an attempt to complete yourself
0: I know. It's like that little girl I told you was in my youth group when she said, but Miss Jana, I just feel terrible about myself if I don't have a boyfriend.
1: Does she say it just like that?
0: Yes. (laughs) It's very country. Okay, Uh, We live in middle (laughs) Tennessee (laughs) and uh, she's so cute, (laughs) but, um, I, She just wouldn't get it when I tell her, no, you do not need a boyfriend to complete you. And so think about how people come through from adolescence to adulthood with that same concept and then there's so much drama.
1: Right. Well, I mean, we're born in together. Well, we're we're created in togetherness. And then born into separateness. And it seems like we're always trying to get back to that togetherness. So it's It's part of the human condition, right because the togetherness pool is always stronger than the separateness pool i mean that that's just kind of what the way it is. so there is such a drive to be close to other people, but we fail to realize that a majority of the problems that happen in marriage are because we're too close to the other person that we're too fused, and so then we get into this whole I'm expecting them, because of my expectations, to fulfill X, Y, Z, whatever, and I don't even have to say it because they know me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We also get into this idea of if I'm too close to somebody else, what happens if I if I want to be selfish, if I want to seek something I want that's apart from them? You know, that's, that's that unspoken: you must not love me. Really? <laughs> because I want to uh, because I want to go out with the guys that I don't love you. You know, and that's that's the kind of stuff that can easily trip people up because it's this whole there's so much meaning attached to things that aren't necessarily accurate.
0: Right. That whole selfishness thing I think is so funny because um love I would say is not selfish, but love is absolutely self-secure. Okay. And, and so that whole thing of being able to in that marriage and in that separateness, we have the ability and we have the choice to decide who we are and how we live and, yeah. and what makes us happy and, and, and bring that to the relationship or bring that just into our own fullness. Right. And so I, you know, as working moms, I think that women are the worst at self-security or self-care. You know, they'll put everybody's needs first, their children, and then their spouse after mm-hmm. their children, which is a huge mistake, I think. <laughs> you know, so we live in this child-centric world, yep. which is that's a word my kids knew young because yep. we would say, Mommy and Daddy do not live in a child-centric world. Yep. And, and, you know, she gives herself her care last. So she's exhausted, she's fatigued, she's crabby, she doesn't buy anything for herself because she only spends money on everyone else. So uh, that self-care is hugely important. Yeah. But you're right, some people see it as selfishness.
1: Yeah, because they have more of a relationship drive, so therefore the best way to have a relationship is to sacrifice self. For the sake of the relationship, even though what, the, what they don't realize is they're sacrificing themselves for someone else, not for okay. some entity. Because yeah. that's, that's the dynamic of over-functioning and under-functioning, or givers and takers. Right. I mean, when I was in grad school, I loved being, you know, you had to do a lot of work in groups. So you'd have these huge projects that you'd have to do They would be a ma- majority of the class, and you'd get in a group of three or four, and you'd all work together, and you'd break out what you're supposed to do and whatever. I loved being in a group with over-functioners <laughs> because that meant I had to do less because they, could, they, they would take it and run it,
0: and I just so-
1: kind of sat back, and that's, kinda, that's probably a selfish way to view it. Uh, so what? <laughs> I see it as understanding the playing field and using it to my advantage. <laughs> but it, it's one of those that that's what happens in marriage, that I over-function in things that are more important to me than my wife. She over in things that she's the higher desire on that's more important to her than me, than, than it is mm-hmm. to me. So that's just the nature of a system. And, that's where the, that's where fusion continues to trip people up. It's this whole, I can't be my own person because if I am, I'd be selfish.
0: Yeah, but selfishness is only a problem when it means I win. Therefore, you have to lose.
1: Right. It's it's like when that, it's to someone else's when it's to someone else's detriment.
0: Exactly, and that is all born out of scarcity. That's a, I think.
1: Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, the differences between scarcity and abundance.
0: Exactly. Because there's enough, there is enough for you to go out with the guys and me to hang with the girls. I'm not a victim here. I'm not a martyr. Uh, You know. So
1: yeah, and what's so funny is is we set it up to where we think it's not. There's not enough, and a lot of it is the dynamic of how it's approached. It's the whole. Well, he had a chance to go out with the guys, and so I'm going to ask to go out with the girls, which means I, I need to see if, hey, I'm wanting to go out with such and such you know, Friday night. Will you be here so you can take care of the kids? Well, you're already setting it up for us. That's the same thing as a guy asking for sex. You're already <laughs> giving no as a, a viable option <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> I'm going to go after what I want and say, hey, Friday night I'm going out with my girlfriends. You've got the kids.
0: You know, I've never thought that way. It occurred to me like two days ago, Paul said, what are you and Your parents doing? I said, we're going to Chattanooga for the whole week for the regional playoffs. He's like, are you taking the kids? I said, no. And so he's like, "Um, oh, my gosh. So. I'm gonna be here alone with the kids all week, and yeah. I thought, wow, I didn't even have this discussion. I didn't say, hey, we're gonna be gone for five days. Well, but so you know, you
1: you've evolved. You and Paul have evolved in a relationship that you can kind of you've reached that right that you you, you see each other as solid enough to handle you.
0: Yeah. And that's I mean, a, looking back, I, I, I wish I would have been a little more thoughtful.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, we could maybe be a little more tactful with some things and polite with some things, but sometimes right. you don't need to be.
0: Exactly. And that you know, kind of we have nice these nice niceties said, that are like, yeah. well,
1: that's, just, that's, that's ludicrous to waste my time on the whole, hey, how was your day, where you're buttering them up, so then you can ask for what you want, as opposed to, I see my partner as whole and capable, and if there's something... You know, if if I had the scenario because I've had this and my wife has it too, she she meets a girl every Tuesday night,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's just kind of a planned deal. And so she just says, "Hey, I'm meeting such and such on on Tuesday night." And if I have something that comes up, then it's my job to speak up, say, "Wait, I've got this," and then we exactly. figure out what we do with that.
0: But the other scenario is a lot funnier for sitcoms and everything, so that's why we don't see we don't see healthy no interaction no. modeled anywhere
1: because you you've you, it's so much more funny to look at the the negative things that we do that everybody does because because yeah. we, we still have times you know we're all I'll bring up something that is so weak in the attempt for what I want. That I'm trying to I'm trying to ask for what I want without having to ask for it.
0: It's not funny. That
1: if I would just come straight out and say what I want, she will totally respect it more than me wimpying you know, wimpying my way to it.
0: Yeah, there's neither of us play the Wimpy game in this house. Anything (laughs) will.
1: Well, that's good. But
0: but you know what I was thinking about? This need that everybody has for. We all have this need for separateness, and we have this need for for togetherness. Right. So we want to be separate. It's really like two... Different whole waves, like music or energy or frequencies, you know, and so we we're often we're just literally vibrating on such different frequencies. Sometimes there's that magic where we come together when they do
1: intersect,
0: and sometimes there's just a disharmony. And a lot of it has to do with learning how to come together and honor each other's space and energy. And
1: yeah, it, it comes it comes down to learning how to be comfortable. In your own skin,
0: yeah. in your
1: own ability, in your own developmental level, in your own emotional maturity, in your own wisdom, in your own love, and everything—I mean, all of that—to where if you were alone in this world,
0: yeah, you're okay. Yeah, it, it,
1: it, you would be lonely, yes, get that, but right. you'd still be okay. You'd function. You'd make exactly. it. If you were stuck with somebody forever, you'd be okay. You know, it's just that—it's that ability to handle yourself because if you can't handle yourself you seek to handle everything else around you
0: (laughs) yes but did you know this new brain brain research i kind of i want to point this out because people might not realize it but the latest um findings from the heart math institute which measures how your heart picks up information in your brain and how your body all right. processes this data. They have shown that if something triggers like we talk about our family of origin or our childhood and if something triggers um an early response, you know, it puts you in in a place of it's so subconscious. So let's say oh my gosh, let's say Paul doing something just reminds me of how horrible it was in third grade when bobby miller left me standing there completely humiliated right. and my heart was pounding and i felt stupid and like an idiot and everyone was laughing well when something tr- and that's a made-up story if yeah i was listening.
1: gonna i, I all of a sudden my therapist yeah. hat went off whoa hey I, let's no, talk no, about no, that I, no go ahead sorry
0: <laughs> he's so cute um but anyway the when that is triggered our brain, it gets such tunnel vision that all the emotional resources we have to us, available to us, are the same resources that were available in third grade. Right. So if we keep tripping up again and again and saying, well, why do I act like a stupid child when this happens? There's no condemnation in that. You literally need to rewire the way that you respond to that data because it's not your fault. Well, you know, we're asking new it, questions. You have to grow.
1: I, I think you have to grow through it. Because it, if you look at it as a developmental phase. Right. You know, you take childhood, for example. And this is something I read a while back when I was in school. That they discovered with the brain that those kids that were very, very young, that went straight from not moving to walking without mm-hmm. much crawling, they missed a developmental part of their brain. Because crawling brings about something in their brain.
0: So they do therapy like on a Versa climber. Well,
1: they actually they did therapy. The one that was being proposed is they crawled around their house exactly as adults.
0: Exactly, they, were, they were
1: encouraged is... to crawl on all fours.
0: It's, that was interesting. Yeah,
1: because it would help the brain develop whatever it was that was missed.
0: A lot of it is that left right integration. And- and so, and that's the idea, there's help. no way
1: around those things. You've got to go through those things. And that's the beauty that you and I propose all the time right. of sticking with it in marriage, sticking yeah. with it in the problems, you know, make a move, be, make an attempt, initiate something, speak up, whatever, and be uncomfortable, fail at it, you know, whatever. It's not wrong, it's good exactly. because you're growing through it.
0: Exactly. And just oh, ha, awareness is the first step towards change. So, at least knowing that, oh, okay, it's not really my fault that I that I feel like a child or act like a child. Yeah. But now I'm an adult, so I can say to that child, hey, we have the power to do yeah. this differently now. Yeah. Because and that's it's way sexier.
1: <laughs> yeah, a full grown adult is way sexier than a child. Ew. That's what we're talking about.
0: I know. We just don't realize we're
1: portraying children sometimes.
0: Exactly.
1: That we're a toddler in the way we deal with things. Yeah. That I don't like my coach. I'm transferring.
0: I'm transferring. He's acting like a four-year-old.
1: That's right. It's the toddler, you know, and he (laughs) won't share.
0: And then they look back at, wow, we have become, there's five of us that could probably go pro on this team. You know, all of us that got screamed at could probably go pro. Yeah. So... We love it. And so we want you to go pro in your marriage. That means (laughs) that you're in it to win it.
1: Perfect. So go through it. Lean into it. Use it for all it's worth. Um, Because I really think marriage is a tool that can be used to create great things. Because it's working on you more than you're working on it. So when you realize the role you play... Play it to the best of your ability and things will get better. Yep. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. We are glad you joined us. And wherever you are listening to us, we'll see you next time.
0: (laughs) Take care, everybody.